Okay, I can recording. start. Ding, ding, ding. All right, we're recording. Yay. Okay, so, hey, Hello. Ryan. Wow, I hope episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey. It's been a while. 61. Yes, episode 61. Got yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Hey, you so, want to test the sound? Uh, I already did. It's, oh, it sounds it's okay? okay. Yeah. Oh, okay, so, okay, okay. okay. Um, I think I can use this to see how loud you are. Cool, okay. Cool. So, uh, this is a special episode of Launch By. As you can mm-hmm. tell, we are not really doing much preparation. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I'm Chris. I'm Brian. Uh, it's good to hear from you guys again. So, today, I guess uh, we've been pretty busy with our own startups for the last uh, few months. Mm-hmm. And uh, we recently came across an article that was pretty interesting, right, Brian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and we just wanted to do an ad hoc episode to kind of talk about it. Mm-hmm. So, Brian, why don't you tell us a bit more about what the. Um, the topic of the day is going to be about for this episode. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, so um, so we came about this because I wanted to talk about uh recruitment for some of the issues uh that first of all that we are facing uh, as a mm. startup itself uh both locally and uh, overseas, and um, the the key to that topic is do you, uh, like uh, do you have more money or more funds and you can it is necessary for you to get more talents right. the second thing is uh, basically what? does money equate to talent right mm, yeah, yeah so that then the second mm. one that uh, I wanted to talk about is uh, it's a short five questions uh, that uh, that I caught on uh, medium itself mm-hmm. and you will see now you uh, as a founder how will you okay. respond if uh, I am your staff and I ask you that five question okay. it, yeah I have my own version but right. uh, but I like to talk about the uh, <coughs> Recruitment first. Okay, sure. Uh, so, so I think everyone uh, has their own recruitment issues. Uh. Mm. Uh, but what I want to uh, share is, uh, so recently we have been recruiting uh, both for sales, marketing, and as well as uh, developers. Yep. Uh, all of us know that uh, locally, mm-hmm. uh, it's hard to get developers. And uh, Exploring overseas uh, outsourcing is an option, yeah. Uh, but there's always a pros and cons for remote and local, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so I, I did list out some uh, of my requirements. I put it on Jobs DB, Job Street, and all. Uh, but uh, it's still quite hard to get uh, sales and marketing stuff, even though, uh, even though the I think I offer, I think my rates are competitive lah. All right, right, la, right. All right. Uh, yeah. uh, of course not superstar kind. Yeah. Uh, so in the end, we managed to get uh, a, a new biz dev uh, mm-hmm. staff. Uh, she, uh, she, but we actually used the service from his uh, recruitment agency. Yeah. Right. So, so I also overheard lah, overheard. They say ah, no, I say, they say, people say, <laughs> yeah. like people, uh, so company XX uh, raised certain big amount of uh, funding and they can be paying uh, biz dev, junior biz dev at 5K. So mm-hmm. if this is the case, right? Um, yeah. So if this is the case, uh, new startups coming up, raising bigger rounds and mm-hmm. they are able to have more funding, more funding, they are able to pay more and get talent. What happens to bootstrapping company what happens to existing startups that has a uh, moderate cash flow what happens mm-hmm. to SME yeah. how do they compete with uh, the bigger payroll the more maybe they have like pool table at, in the office how, how do you think we can <laughs> so I think it's a very different kind of employee that you're looking for if you're offering them a high salary or if you're asking them to join your first mm team basically mm-hmm. the team who's going to be building the product to build that stability or to 
get to the point where you have traction enough to raise a large amount, right? Mm-hmm. So um, same thing with raising money. At mm. the start, when you first come up with the idea, you mm. don't really have revenue traction to mm-hmm. ask for money, right? Mm. So you have to sell the idea. Mm. And uh, once you've got that traction, once you've got that revenue that gives you a very solid base to start from, then mm-hmm. people will start being willing to part with their money. Mm-hmm. Right? Same thing for employees, I think. Um, at the end of the day, if you're able to show them that you know, um, this is the vision that you want to get to, if you're willing to take a lower pay cut from what you can get outside, mm-hmm. then come join the team for this journey. There's mm-hmm. no guarantee, but if you believe in the vision, right, mm-hmm. they will work hard mm-hmm. to make it happen. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I think because we both come to the stage where the company is kind of matured to a point mm-hmm. where it's hard to find people who are believing in the vision as mm-hmm. a start, as the um, as the first team. Mm-hmm. Rather, we are trying to expand the team with, empl- I would say, normal or like second round employees, mm-hmm. and that's where that's where they start to have expectation of having a stable and relatively high salary. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. It's it's a different kind of person that you're looking for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. um, another thought process that I had uh, when I went to Cytex, right? So mm-hmm. Cytex Fair, I managed to meet up with uh, quite a few other startups. They said that they were recruit, uh, they were doing their recruitment from uh, uh, the unis, uh, Yeah. The unis mm-hmm. and they do go for career fair and or. Um, their thought process is their thought process mm. is that they are still able to get uh, some locals or rather some people to join yeah and uh, it was quite openly discussed uh, so I can share I think uh, the range for BizDev mm-hmm. BizDev position uh, discussed with them was about 2.8 if there is uh, if you have right. a product to sell then it's 2.8 plus com yeah. Uh, if it's developer, uh, they are talking about three point five. Yeah. Uh, if you have some special internship experience, maybe you can get a high four. Yeah. Uh, so that was the range that they mentioned that uh, is still able to get uh, mm-hmm. locally. Mm-hmm. But the interesting thing is when I uh, when you when we post it on uh, different job portals, offering the same rates. No response. There's no response. Yeah. So. Uh, are the channels not right or the 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 amount not correct? Yeah, I think I think actually that's a very interesting way to look at it, right? Is mm-hmm. the channel the wrong channel to look for these kinds of talents? Because uh-huh. uh, I I don't ever remember anyone posting on uh, job portals if mm-hmm. they are a developer looking for work, mm-hmm. but rather they look for very specific kinds of. Um, uh, channels where I guess all the developers hang out all mm-hmm. the designers hang out so mm-hmm. maybe that might be a better way to approach that specific target group that you're looking for you have one guy joining you soon right uh, yeah and so how do you find him uh, how, like, how, not how find him how, how did yeah. you uh, get to know him um, so it was an introduction from a friend uh-uh-uh. Yeah. so uh, what I did initially was to reach out through the normal job channels mm. um, we also made use of a service here Glint uh, Oh, yeah. hey, they just talk to us, but I yeah, yeah. don't really know what they do. Yep, so they are also uh, they are also sort of helping out with HR and recruitment, uh, uh, uh. Uh, but they're very much targeted at NUS students and, uh, well, generally students looking for jobs. That's not internship, right? Full-time job? Uh, both full-time and internships. Hey, it's cool, just that, huh? 
I think because they started off in NUS, don't quote me on this, I, I, I remember seeing them around in US quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea is that they will help you post and they are very much focused on like the whole startup scene and uh, specific jobs that they want to uh, promote. Yeah. Oh, and what's the service rate for them? Uh, uh, they, okay, so the recruiter that I find, right? Yeah. Uh, they are charging 100 Sixty percent of the first month's payroll as a service lah. Okay. So uh, so there's a kind of double mm. quote, double quote warranty period. So mm-hmm. if this uh candidate doesn't fit mm. or she doesn't find that our company fits and she mm. leaves, uh, the recruitment agency will find another person to to take over. Okay. So how does Glean uh Glean work? So Glean's is covered yeah. under the ICD voucher, and that's how we uh chose to. Oh. Yeah, I should do that. Okay, okay. Yeah, so I listen to more. So oh, what? <laughs> I'll let you guys. So, mm, mm, mm. I'll oh. tell you more about it. Uh, uh. Yeah, later. Okay, can. Uh, okay, cool. So mm. anyway, uh, coming back to the topic of like uh, recruiting yeah. and how hard it is to find people, I think it's it's a question of visibility as well mm-hmm. a lot of the times when i talk to people because we are a new company because we've been around mm. for a year and we haven't been doing much media coverage right mm. uh, we have to explain the whole vision and we have to get buy-in mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. our employees mm-hmm. um, and at the end of the day uh, now i'm starting to realize like if the person gets the idea and they really believe in it mm. salary is not really a much of a discussion i agree i agree yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. Uh, maybe it's still we're still at a point where uh, we can't straight up offer a salary that matches uh, whatever a large unnamed startup that's successful in Singapore can uh-huh. but uh, this has always been the case and I think that it's been the case since 2009 2010 when uh, startups uh, uh, started uh. to have um, you know started to become popular because I think when we were first starting out right yeah um, I I I think I mentioned this to you before, but there were headhunters going around from Facebook, from all these oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that were already offering salaries of like 8,000, 9,000 USD off the bat, even with uh, minimal experience in the working world. True, true. So uh, you can't compete on a salary. Uh, uh, basis. Uh, uh, yeah. so you can only I, sell your vision and yeah, your dream, right? Yeah, I, and I think there are a lot of people that are receptive to that, that want to be part of a team that's building something completely new because that's exciting. Mm-hmm. And uh, these are the kind of people that you do want in your first mm-hmm. team because mm-hmm. it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be a cushy, stable job with pays you a solid salary that mm-hmm. you can use to uh, maintain your lifestyle or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and at the end of the day, this is something that we will have to struggle with okay. as startups mm-hmm. and uh, I don't think it's something that is unexpected yeah okay it's uh, just how do we how do we make that process easier for us yeah how do we make that process easier for us wow that's something to talk about mm. um, so right now right now uh, the if I'm going to so the way I'm doing it is uh, going for more events uh? so mm. earlier on we were talking about channels right yeah. so to add on to that is uh, I have some thoughts that maybe the channel is wrong yeah. uh, like you mentioned and uh, going for events like iOS, DevScout and uh, mm. those Ruby meetup uh, mm. talk to them or even uh, uh, like those HTML CSS class that are new to developers or people wanting to change to move into programming yeah. uh, because for us we are quite open to taking up uh, like new people uh, who are into tech and all mm-hmm. yeah so it's yeah. easier to get them on board as well yeah. uh, going to events uh, 
So what do you think about going to events? If going to events, who's in our team going to go for the events? It should be the CEO or uh-huh. at least someone who is very good at uh, selling the idea or selling the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, going to events is one way of doing it, I think. And uh, specifically, I had a thought in my head that I wanted to share, but yeah. then I forgot about it. Oh. But <laughs> yeah, um, I think it's a good way to get yourself known uh-huh. by the people, but it also depends on how exciting your product is. True, true, true. Yeah. So, in most cases, okay, let's focus this, the conversation around developers, right? Because okay. that is definitely something that a lot of people are, are having I trouble think, with. Yes. So, developers are, it's a developer's market right now. Mm. It's really hard to convince a developer that what you're doing is something that they'll be interested in. Mm-hmm. And more than likely, they are, um, okay, the newer ones will be interested in your tech, mm-hmm. the more experienced one will be um more concerned about what your business model is. Yes. So as long as you can answer these two questions, right, and get mm-hmm. them interested and you can click with them, mm-hmm. uh, it's a matter of convincing them that, you know, this is something that they don't want to spend their next one or two years uh, on. Uh, uh. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. okay, so okay. I think I think events are a great way to get introduced, mm-hmm. but it's still a relationship. It's still the trust that you need to build and whether or not you think you can work with mm. the developers. Uh, on a slightly related note, right? Um, actually, coming back to the channels that you were talking about okay. earlier, zero yeah. percent uh, of my applications were from Singaporeans. Oh, this is sensitive. But since yeah. we talk about it, yes, I, I also have the okay. same problem. So, so that's the thing. I, I'm okay with both uh, having people who are uh, from Singapore or outside of Singapore come work in the company but mm. there's paperwork that we need to do for MOM and all of that jazz and um, I was actually really surprised that it was zero Singaporeans applying yes yeah. Yes. Uh, I guess it's because we are more focused on B2B and we're not consumer facing and we're not in the news much Mm-mm-mm. but if you're having that same kind of issue as well, then I'm not entirely sure what's the reason. I agree. I agree on the B2B side and the mm. exposure side. Exposure side, uh, we have some uh, media coverage. So mm-hmm. when we talk to people or developers, right, they, yeah. know, they roughly know what we are doing. Mm. But the thing here is, it's not sexy enough if yeah. you're talking about B2B. Yeah. So uh, if you are talking about B2C, I want mm. to... So maybe if I'm a developer, I want to see it as a household name. So that when you go to your friend's place, right, you can see, hey, at this app, I do one. Yeah, you know? uh, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. part of this app. Yeah, <laughs> Inside exactly. the feature is my one. Yeah. Uh, but if you are B2B, it's very hard, right? You just tell them that icon inside, we manage one. I would say... We cannot connect. Eh? Okay, then that's weird because uh, there are some very well-known brands that I uh, know that don't have many Singaporean developers. Their Singaporean developers are actually their friends. Uh, who I come to join the company. Yeah. So it's also another case of I don't where are all the Singaporean developers? Uh <laughs> I don't gone? know in the banks. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, in the banks. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the second thing about this, uh about uh like a lot of overseas applications. Actually hmm. we are open. Yeah. We are open. Like you we are open. I think many of the startups are open. Yeah. But the passes are one issue. Yes. Okay, so if you are talking about uh e pass, hmm. that's uh quite a big uh, chunk you have to pay off first la. yeah uh, for sure then if you're talking about S-Pass because IT tech you are in the service sector you need hmm. 7 Singaporean to have 1 S-Pass yeah. headcount right right 
it's a bit tough. So for example, take for example, if I want Kong to join me, mm. I need to have seven Singaporeans yeah. to have one Kong to join me. Yeah, so um, I think it's a problem everywhere, but uh, one solution to this, I think many mm. companies are trying to approach, right? Yeah. Uh, is remote. So what's your take on remote? Not us being remote, but the developers, if they Vietnam, that's yeah, one of the common yeah. places where people are going to now. I think it's very risky, especially if you don't have a good CTO who knows how to manage the development work. Uh, uh, uh. I think um, because our companies have matured to a point where we already have our own code base uh, and we know exactly how to manage it, uh, uh. and we have people here who can manage it, uh. it's less risky, but it's still a risk. Uh, uh, uh. Um, it's still something that I am considering, uh. but am very weary of. Have, have yeah. you been contacting or you are considering but have you started contacting them? Uh, the, I have the, started the contacting, companies. yes. So uh, when we did put out our postings and we did put out our job um, descriptions and stuff, right? Uh, we got contacted by uh, different agencies as well. Uh, uh, and uh, in fact, like some of them run dev houses that are in uh, JB or in Vietnam. Hey, or JB, in, cool, huh? Very um, near. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so the idea is that if you hire these dev houses remotely, mm. technically they are uh, full-time in that all their time is dedicated to your particular project. It's just a matter of like whether or not you can communicate with them mm -hmm. uh, because they are remote and mm -hmm. because they are not here. It's harder to have these discussions, um, to have these brainstorming sessions and to have this uh, planning mm -hmm. than properly here. So if you really want to do remote working like that, then treat it as... Um, you need to be very specific about what you want done. Okay. Yeah. But I cannot understand why... Okay, so, so this is a very big company like WordPress.com. Mm. Mm -mm. Their stuff are remote. Eh? Yeah, but that's because they also have a very strong core team that uh, uh, uh. is planning out all the work and telling these remote teams what uh, they need uh. to do. Okay. And they probably have some sort of project manager there that is also clearly aligned with the core team. Mm. I think that's Maybe. the most important thing. The yeah. coordinator is the most important. Yes, one, right? it, is. it is. So recently, what uh, they say ah, overheard ah, overheard they say. Ah. Mm. So uh, so how I'm not sure ah, whether the COVID, but uh, they say so. Two three five nine is doing this style. Uh, mm. First thing, they are mm. training locals here lah, mm. to be uh, PM. Yeah, mm, project managers, right, right. and uh, they have a dev team in Vietnam. Mm -hmm. I think in Vietnam, and uh, they will send them over to take care of them and to give them the direction and product. Uh. So this yeah. is how they manage the crunch of so-called the developer crunch. Uh. Yeah, uh, I think I think that is ultimately the way that we are going to have to go if we have any form of uh, scalability. Uh, but yeah. they also did something very happening. They just uh, push up the the standards of uh, developers in Ho Chi Minh. Uh, yeah, I mean the right, right. pay pay right, payroll, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's def definitely uh, because uh, yeah. uh, you you cannot compare the, the the wages from one country to another. Yeah, it's no, very for different. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. The standard of living is very different in yeah, different yeah. places, and it's it's just a fact that it's also a, it's also a strange thing, right? Where because we are. Uh, mostly digital based mm -mm -mm. you don't need to be physically at a place in order to do work mm -mm. right so this enables this whole remote working thing and because of the difference in the different countries uh, salary mm -mm -mm. Uh, standards basically mm -mm -mm. there's no way that singapore developers can have the same kind of salary as uh, 
in other countries. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. That's mm. one of the key uh problems that I think we face. So this is the things that I want to talk about. Uh, yeah. Just to highlight, so uh, to let uh fellow listeners know, fellow startups that are listening. But <coughs> if any one of them have uh, different views, we know. I like to know too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I think our experience is very uh limited. Mm-hmm. In that we yeah, know yeah what, definitely. We know what people or what startups around our size are starting to face, uh, uh, uh. and our concerns are very different from I guess companies that already have a very large um employee base. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, the next one that I want to talk mm. is the five question. I think is uh, very interesting. Okay. Uh, actually, I answered this question. So right. let me let me mm. let me do it. Shall we do uh, it one by one? Because uh, I one by one. Oh, I haven't answered these questions yet. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So okay, let me do it one by one. So uh, this is a article by Gary Vaynerchuk. So mm. what it does is uh, one of his staff right ask him. Uh, five questions uh, asking right. about five questions right, right. and uh, he was to answer it mm-hmm. uh, the first question actually is what is your finish line so what is your end goal you know what's your end goal what, what do you want some people want to be like I don't know serial entrepreneur they change every time mm-hmm. every year their project kicks off okay. uh, it can also be like Amazon a super long game <laughs> uh, so so what is your finish line so as um, as a company or personally, I think it's coming mm-hmm. from angle as uh, personal, right? Because yep. I wrote it in the terms mm-hmm. of both company and personal. Okay, so uh, in terms of personal, right? My end goal is to be able to contribute back to society in Singapore, mm. be it in the tech scene, in the business scene, or in whatever way that I think I can contribute to. So, the goal of this company at the end is to be able to have that kind of um, stability, have that kind of uh, resources and that kind of community focused uh, direction. I would say that's my end goal. Community focused direction. Mm. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the whole reason why um, the way that I treat the product is that it needs to be in modular. It needs to be. It needs to integrate with everyone else who is in the same space, uh, as uh, opposed uh, uh. to competing with one uh, uh. specific product or anything mm. like that. It's the idea that um, getting everyone to work together, getting everyone to share the data in a sustainable way, Mm-mm. is the way that we drive innovation within the industry itself. Mm-mm. Yeah. So for me, uh, on the on Intrex side, I mm. will have to say that the angle is to be a uh, Intrex side, particularly to the cloud system that we are building, right? Is mm. to the personal vote for all IoT devices. Yeah. Yeah. Meaning, like we believe that all devices should talk to each other to realize mm. the true potential of IoT. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, every devices right now they are just talking to individual app or themselves, quite separated. Yeah. Uh, Personal goal finish line, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, the end goal is to make the tax in here more vibrant. Uh. Mm. Uh, that's one of my personal goal. Uh, the second question that uh, was asked to him was, "Oh, this is interesting. What have you learned in the last year uh-huh. that will inform this company in the next year?" 
Uh, this is a uh, personal this experience, sounds, personal learning. This sounds hard to answer. Uh. I think we learned so much. <laughs> okay, if I had to pick out like a couple of things that were very important that I learned in the last I can year, pick one, uh, pick one. Okay, pick one. Uh, one, the oh, most important. It even harder. Uh. Uh, I learned a lot of important lessons. Okay, tell me, why don't you start first? I go, okay, I realized, about it. I realized I mm. was not ambitious enough. I think okay. I should, yeah. I, uh, for the past year, so mm. if I take now, right, the past year, I would, in the coming year, I would be more ambitious. Mm. Uh, I was running, um, I was running in tracks for the two years, right, kind of conservative. Uh, yeah. First, of course, of the cash flow issues. Mm. But uh, once the cash flows are in, right, I was still running it quite conservatively. Don't really dare to, like, Anyhow, spend or aggressively uh, expand. Uh. Right. Uh, uh, but the following, the next year, I think I need to be more aggressive. Uh. Mm. My, my vision was too short term, I think, uh, for last year. Mm. So I'm going to change that. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think one of the biggest things I learned um, was that you really can't do everything yourself. Ah. Like if if I didn't have this team with me, if I didn't, uh, if I wasn't able to tell them, hey, you know, I need this done. Can you help me do this? Mm-mm. And just leave them to do it, I would have died. Uh. <laughs> already, already, I feel like I am trying to uh, do a lot of things, and it's really hard for me to let go because I've always been an independent, like, contractor freelancer for a very mm-hmm. long time, mm-hmm. right? So I handle end to end planning and mm. all of that, but. If I hadn't taken the time this year to really like um, delegate, delegate, and mm-hmm. to teach and to uh, kind of hand over a lot of the responsibilities, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think we would have survived the year. <laughs> yeah, really looking back, right? I was like, we did a lot, and we did a lot more than I think I ever would have been able to accomplish by myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's I think the biggest thing that I learned. Uh, the third question. So, if one of your employee asks you, right, what's mm. the biggest vulnerability of the company? Hmm. I think the biggest vulnerability for now, because we just started out, is that we don't have that base recurring uh, revenue. Mm-mm-mm. That's definitely a big vulnerability that we're trying to solve by the Mm-mm-mm. by the first quarter of next year. Um, and because, so. Initially, my my view of how startups will work is that for the first couple of years, right, mm. uh, grants and funding or like fundraising would be a focus of the company. Mm. But in many cases, when you're a B two B company mm. and when you are expected to drive your own, uh, drive your own growth, uh, you want some form of revenue before mm. you start fundraising. Mm-mm. And also, right now, we are in a state where the Startup scene is very different from a couple of years ago. Yes. A couple of years ago, I think fundraising was uh, easier in that there was a lot more uh, risk Mm -mm. that people were willing to take. And nowadays, it's come to the point where the funds are kind of drying up Mm. or they're getting a lot stricter and they are starting to understand a lot better uh, what it is that will work and what doesn't or Mm. rather they've been burned before. Mm -hmm. So they are a lot more cautious. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yeah. Uh, that's definitely something that's a vulnerability right now. Uh, I agree with you. Even mm. though we are in the business for much longer, I still think that the uh, consistent, a uh, stable revenue uh, is one mm. of the big vulnerability of uh, Intrax itself. 
Um, but this this topic right can be a visa because my thought process is right now. Mm. Uh, you you have two ways to do it. One way is you you, you slowly uh, get enough stable revenue yeah. and organic growth. Yeah. Or you go out, you let go of more of your equity, you take a big round, mm. and you come back, you spam like hell. I guess it depends on what you're willing to. Uh, because yeah, you can see the article yeah. by Terence uh, recently about Grab Taxi. Are they earning? They are not. They are negative something, but they are spamming I have just to get yep, the right. traction. Yeah. Uh, so there are two 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 ways to do this. Two trains of thought, like, yeah. 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 Uh, so, but, but still, stable revenue is one of the biggest vulnerability that I consider for the mm. company. Mm. Uh, fourth one, very per- uh, not very personal, but it's a personal question. Uh, say from your staff, <clears throat> what are your strongest and weakest relationship in your family? Wow. <laughs> That got personal. Uh, um, that okay. one I also don't know to, how to answer, but you, I let you go first. Okay. Uh, I guess we're talking about immediate family, right? Like really blood related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, strongest. Probably my mom, I suppose, since um she's really seen me through a lot of these things and uh, she uh, supported me basically with all the crazy things that I've done. Um, yeah, that's one of my strongest relationship. I'm not entirely sure what I need to describe about it. Yeah. The weakest? The weakest? Uh, Juno. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the dog takes everything. Now, um, I, don't, I don't know. How would you define weakest, though? The uh, one that probably is the most contentious, I guess? Uh, okay, so for me, yeah. I don't know how to answer this question because... Yeah. Uh, in my writing for this mm. response to this article, I actually wrote that uh, uh, I think I just wrote that I I think that I will spend more time with them because I don't know how to answer this question. But mm. initially, mm. initially, yep. I wanted to put my strongest uh, relationship right mm. was my wife. Good answer. Then <laughs> 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 I was thinking. Um, Am I not being filial because uh, my mom has been together with me for a very, 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 very long time. Ah. The strongest true. relationship should be my mom. Ah. How come it is my wife? Then uh, you only hear it here on the podcast because in the writing, I never jot it down. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, I still think that uh, about the weak, strongest and weakest relationship in the family, I, I cannot answer. The only thing I know is uh, time is something you cannot get back. Uh, so I will try to spend more time with that. That's very true. Yeah. yeah. That's very, very true. Okay, moving on. Uh, fifth question and the last one is what do you want for the employees of this company? Mm. This will be interesting because I never heard any uh, interviewees right? Yeah. ask this kind of question. Like say, hey, yeah. so what do you think, what do you want for the employees of this company? Yeah, I think I actually thought about this a lot. Um, especially when I'm interviewing, I always start off with like, asking what their experience is, what do they want to get out of the internship or the job and mm-hmm. what is it that they want to know about the company. Mm-hmm. So the reason why I ask this is because to me, um, I am a very big believer in learning. Mm-hmm. Like whatever you do, whatever you're uh, like applying for, if you don't learn from it, then you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. So what I want for the employees is to really learn, to really uh, expand their experiences be it in the field that they are an expert in or outside of it. Mm-hmm. And as long as they keep learning, they'll be 
it's a lot more fulfilling, mm-hmm. you know, than just earning a big paycheck at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. that's what I want for everyone in the team. Yeah. Okay, so uh, for me in the team is uh, for those. So the same thing uh, when I told Sayara uh, uh, who are in my team, right? I will I I will want them to be successful, and I encourage them to uh, start something of their own. Because mm. you know the some of the old school, not old school uh, businesses, they will want to have good employees with them for a long, long, long period yeah, of time, right? Yeah. But in my case, I will want them to, if they want to start something on their own, then mm. I will strongly encourage them. If uh, you are a person who is in my team, but you are not into like starting something of your own, right? Yeah. Then I will encourage them to have a true work-life balance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is how I see it for the team. Uh. Mm-hmm. Because I think that if I see the team ha- happy, right? Mm-hmm. I also think that I did a good job by building the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think so. I think that's definitely something that uh, we, as, I guess, leaders in a way, uh, 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 um, do want for <laughs> the people that are in our team. Oh, iPhone six draws. Uh, Sorry, six, my pocket. six S. Six S. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. So okay. Anyway, these are the five questions. Mm. Uh, maybe we'll have another ad hoc episode soon. I think it's quite yeah. This is easy to do. Uh, uh, Thirty five minutes. Can lah. Okay. Okay, cool. So I guess that's pretty much it for this episode. Is there okay. anything else? Any final words? Any final thoughts that you want to leave us with, Brian? Uh, no, maybe there will be another ad hoc coming soon. Okay. <laughs> Alright, so it's been the end of a pretty crazy year. 2015 is coming uh, to an end. So um, yeah, we'll be doing this again, I think, next year. And we'll see where we are okay. a year from now. Mm. Alright, take care, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. How about a cast?